We are live on air. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of The Sidelines. My name is Quartz. I'm your host this evening and I'm here with my main man. It's AP over here, Cordo, mixing it up. Yeah, yeah. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm great. I'm pumped, actually. You're pumped? Yeah. Why is that? So, we're Apart doing from the fact that you're doing a podcast with me, why else are you pumped? Okay, so we're doing something a little bit different. That's why I'm excited. Not yeah. that I'm not excited normally. So, <laughs> <laughs> you're a very measured gentleman, but you have your bursts of enthusiasm and spark. Yeah, sporadically. Um, but no, this is the inauguration of our new segment, yes. unless it bombs out. So, <laughs> <laughs> in which case, people are taking part in history regardless. Yes, very true. So, um, with how things are going, we're going to take a trip down nostalgia lane and we're going to embark on some Hall of Fame sports movies yes so for our instagram followers out there we left a bit of uh, some cryptic clues as to what this would actually be we did indeed i think uh and it's also important to note it's not going to be one of those uh i believe they used uh this type of camera and a certain type of cinematography to uh create the right artistic impression no we're breaking it down the way our listeners want which is Bulk, awesome quotes. <laughs> How did this plot get through the uh, the editing table? And very loose thoughts on other random things in it that make no sense. Correct. Yeah, pulling out plot holes that we kind of give it a pass because we love the movie so much. But when you actually sit and say it out loud, you're like, WTF. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corda, with, with that in mind, yes. what is our first Hall of Fame candidate for sports movies? Our first candidate, first cab off the rank, is... Alrighty then. That's right. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. What an absolute banger film. Now, some might say that's not really a sports movie, but this came up in our conversations and you had a very valid point to make. I can't remember which point this was, but I'm just going to go down it anyway. <laughs> it's definitely a sport movie. Um, Tell the audience why For the doubters who are going What? That's not a sports movie NFL at the core Is This is the whole thing You know It's in the NFL history of movies It's right up there There's not many others There's Remember the Titans Any Given Sunday Pretty much this The Replacements Oh yeah I forgot that Yeah But look But look let's be honest The Waterboy Oh yeah I forgot that one too (laughs) Look, you make any argument you want, but this, this movie doesn't exist without sport at the core. True. So that's why it makes the list. Um, and it's also probably an all-time comedy classic. True. So again, much like we talked about plot holes, we give it a pass. It's a sports movie. <laughs> yeah, because they're going into the Super Bowl. Yes. Like it's, you know, they can't win the Super Bowl. So we'll take another step back. For those who haven't seen Ace Ventura, again, not sure how many of it is. Uh, the loosest, loosest uh, description of it is that the Miami Dolphins, which is an NFL team, uh, has their beloved mascot, which is a dolphin, uh, stolen before the Super Bowl. Uh, from there, they're not able to actually, you know, there's a whole mystique around how to get the dolphin back, who's stolen it. They hire a pet detective named Ace to go on a bit of a journey and find said dolphin. Uh, and pretty much that's it. Um, <laughs> I can't keep a straight face when you're saying it out loud. Um, in reality, it is Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. Yes, in Jim Carrey. Correct. Uh, that's that's all there is to it. So you either like Jim Carrey or don't. And if you ha- if you do like him, you've seen it already. 
I love that when we describe the movie, like our uh, vague synopsis that we put up on our Instagram account at the Sidelines Media. If you don't know, follow us on Instagram. We need the <laughs> follows. Uh, we're also on Facebook. A misunderstood detective must stand against his friends in the force to solve a case unlike any other. The stakes are high, and a nation's beloved pastime and identity is at risk of not going ahead unless you can piece together the clues. That's all true. None of that is is misleading. No, we're not lying at all. Did you, because you wrote that. Yeah. Did did you omit key indicators? Perhaps. Uh, I I don't recall. (laughs) (laughs) It's vague enough, but it can't be picked apart by anyone saying that's not true or accurate. I knew what I was writing. Yeah. It was very well done. When I read it, I was like, what movie? Ah, Ace Ventura. Yes. Uh, But yes. So, look, we're not going to go too far into the whole pothole because that's pretty much it. So, yeah. um, for those of you who haven't seen it, go see it. Um, it probably <laughs> hasn't stood the test of time. No. Because movies, like, movies like this don't really get made anymore. No. And it, def- I mean, it definitely hasn't stood the test of time in a social sense with some of the key plot twists that we'll get into later. But still, fan- I'm still watching this whenever it's on. Yeah. It's an all-time quotable movie. Yes. It's, I feel like it's our uh, generation 30-year-olds in that bracket, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older. It's one of those movies that we all rented on VHS back in the day, like with your mates on school holidays, and you just watched a lot and <laughs> quoted. Yeah. Oh, just awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll go back into the quotes later because you could spend forever on it, just literally play the entire movies. But I want to pick your brain a bit. How does this movie actually get... How do you pitch this movie to get made? Well, and the fact that, I mean... At the end of that, it made it was made for fifteen million dollars, but it grossed over a hundred mil box in the box office. So it was actually super successful, which is probably even more hilarious when you think about the plot. <laughs> but I have no idea how someone walks into a room with Hollywood executives. I think it was Morgan Creek that might have produced the original one. So someone's walked into a room and said, "Right, a dolphin goes missing. It's the mascot of a, an NFL team." And to save the Super Bowl, a pet detective goes looking for the dolphin but encounters a deep conspiracy that goes back to a failed Super Bowl involving a player who is now the police chief. Oh, and the police chief is a woman but is actually a man. Yeah. And someone goes, love it. (laughs) You had me at plot hole. (laughs) Yeah. It feels very Simpson-y, like police, cops, police cops. Like, yeah. just <laughs> surface-level depth. But, I mean, now, like, some of those plot holes, like, look, let's be honest, they're not doing anything around um, the Lois Einhorn sex change story arc. No, which today's climate, it's super offensive yeah. and inappropriate. Yeah, so that whole thing's not getting done. I suspect as young fellas, we were all a little ignorant to the undertones of that joke. It was more just the whole gotcha element of it, like the, oh, that you kind of go like, yeah, okay, and gave it a pass because you're enjoying the movie. Yeah, it's just more somehow they were able to paint it in a different light that, yes, wouldn't get wouldn't fly uh, yeah. anymore. Um, the other one would be the whole mental institution aspect of it. Yes. Uh which if you've seen it, but if you haven't, again, it's a ridiculous movie. This movie's too hard to explain if you haven't seen it. But, <laughs> but, but the fact that he, their, their great, uh, you know, 
clue hunting expedition, they break in, effectively break into a mental institution and steal uh, files. Yes. And, they, and uh, Jim Carrey or Ace pretends to be a mentally ill patient. Yes. With Courtney Cox, like pre-Friends or beginning of Friends hype Courtney Cox acting as it's, he's my younger brother. He's got some issues. I'd like a tour of your facilities, please. Side note, Courtney Cox in was like probably peak 90s. That's like peak 90s hot Courtney Cox. Yeah, with the whole uh, like the florally, silky, long skirt, the loose blouse, that kind of bobby, weird 90s hair. Yeah, that, it's all that. It's like, it's like the Meg Ryan haircut. Yeah, that kind of era. Yeah, where they were sort of like not a lot of product in them. They're just very wavy. Yeah, I'm sure if we had an actual female talk, they'd take us through the history of that particular haircut style. But yeah. We don't, so we're gonna just, <laughs> we're just gonna hack our way through yeah, it. I mean, we've probably butchered that description, uh, and there's probably a lot of women listening right now going, "What on earth are you guys talking about?" But you get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that, and like Tony Locke, how the hell did Tony Locke get that gig? Because I still, to this day, cannot understand a word he's saying when his dialogue comes up. Can you? So. Remind, which one's Tony Locke again? He's the African-American cop, the one that's like, Yo, ace, man, you gotta get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's him singing the theme song at the end of the movie. Oh, it is too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they don't let him in the movie again. He had that um famous hip-hop song at the time. I can't even remember it, but the magic of editing, I'll play a clip of it right now. You don't fool around with the funky cold Medina. You know what I'm saying? That a oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, you're ace, man. I've no idea what he's saying. Do you think this is that... Uh, I was talking to you about it the other day, but to me, this is really that last comedic genius let them just do the movie... As themselves. Like a bit, yeah, like unencumbered. Just keys you know, to the car. Doesn't need to stack up. Just just, just let them go do what they want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it started in the 80s. You had like Eddie Murphy do like sort of your Beverly Hills cop trading places, um, you know, and they kind of just gave him free reign. It felt like a sort of where instead of going in and pitching a movie idea, they went into a studio and said Eddie Murphy as X, Y, Z. And they're yeah. like, love it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you had that, and then you had like the, you know, uh, well, the mask, cable guy, dumb and dumber. Like, it's Jim Carrey in insert situation. And the same yeah. thing for Adam Sandler, too. Yeah, well, Adam Sandler carried that legacy on of it's Adam Sandler doing well himself, but stuff happens around him. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think that happens, you know, no one, no one throws those darts anymore no i feel like the rock is the last sort of actor left where there's just vehicles going on all the time there's a movie coming out all the time with the rock in it and he's basically just in a tight shirt breathing heavily looking over his shoulder with the kind of michael bay transformer style camera pans and just him always using the same kind of like i'm not gonna stand for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah look it's it really is just it's a dying art form. Yes. The uh, let this person be in a film. And they're so ridiculous too. 
I feel like we don't really enjoy that kind of comedy anymore either. Well, there is um, uh, Will Ferrell. Yeah, Will Ferrell. He's probably the last one. Yeah. And also Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, uh, Andy Samberg. Yes. Yeah. Because that, that movie he was in, Hot Rod. <laughs> oh, I want to throw myself off a goddamn bridge watching that movie. I cannot deal with it. What? I, yeah, I can't deal with it. Before we started, we had identified that we're just about at magical 10 number episodes where apparently a lot of podcasts die in the ass when they get to number 10 or they don't make it. And I said to you, as long as we get through this without <laughs> having a falling out, <laughs> we'll bank it. You've just said something that could spark a falling out. How do you not like Hot Rod? Oh, I can't deal with... Like, everyone's either just on board and lets him go and do what he wants in the town, knowing that he can't do anything. Like, he's shit. He's so bad. That's the engineer in you. You can't let it go. And, like, but everyone's... It's like, they've just, like, no one at one point's just like, why are we doing this? Like, why are we letting this go on? Yeah, but hang on. You're comfortable with an NFL franchise going, why are we uh, getting in a guy who's a pet detective? To find our dolphin that's been kidnapped. Well, look, we're going to talk about that plot yeah. soon. <laughs> it's a little bit different to a town acknowledging that a dude can't do any tricks. Because <laughs> that's, that's effectively Hot Rod. Yes. He's not good. He's not a daredevil. Well, he no. tries to be. Yeah. And that's it. And everybody acknowledges that they're just going to... Tolerate it. Yeah. I know, but it has so many great quotes in it. But it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, this is this isn't a bad hot rod. I can I can bitch about that a hell of a lot. Alright. I mean, is Daredevil stuff a stunt movie? Like is that a sports movie technically? We consider like car racing sports, so is Daredevil stunt jumping considered sport? It's not getting into the podcast. Nah, okay. It's worth a shot. <laughs> I've got people out there who right now are going, Courts, you've got to do hot rod. Just letting you know. That can be your other side venture. <laughs> All right. So, most important thing and the thing that everybody wants because they don't want to hear us break down like too deep into the Like, because it really shouldn't be explored at such a level of depth. Not about the lighting, not about the sound editing, not about anything. What people really want to hear is our ranking for quotes. Yeah, and look, this I'm going to be honest, this is a real hard one to go through and rank quotes on because it's just too quotable. Yes. Like, there's just so many in there um, and a lot of it's lost without, you know, going through YouTube and actually watching him act through it in his yeah. you know, hip thrustery strut. Yeah, he's, a, he's a physical comedian, yeah, just like, as much as a verbal one. And, uh, you know, the way, he, the way he talks through stuff, it's, um, oh, it, I just love watching it because it's just... You can't not laugh at it. It takes yeah. a very special person to not laugh at Ace Ventura. You have to be fairly dead inside, I think, to not laugh at Ace Ventura. Or take your film just too seriously. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's definitely D-grade humour delivered in A-grade fashion. You know yeah, delivery I mean? is perfect. Yeah. But in fact, most of the lines, they're not even jokes. It's just the way they're said. Yeah, none, there's, there's very little jokes. Yeah. It's just statements. It's just absurd statements that you laugh at. So without, we'll, we'll try build a bit of a list here, knowing that there is so many omissions in this list. Yeah, and for the record, we were still 
collating and squabbling and chopping and changing the list about seven minutes before we hit record. So yeah. we acknowledge for those out there that are going to crack the shits that, yes, these might not be how you rank them, but we are in control of the podcast, so you will sit there and listen to everything we have to play. <laughs> like This is one of the few ones that probably could have honourable, honourable mentions. Um, yes. But you know, I feel like that's just cheaty when you just fill up a bit of time uh, just you know, just literally cutting straight from uh, audio clips. Yeah. But look, uh, and it's a shame the second one doesn't really have enough of a sports undertone because <laughs> that in itself is a whole other episode of quotes. Very true. So the first one. Well, the honourable mentions, should we do those first? Yeah, we do the honourable mentions. Okay. So these are our honourable mentions. We just, we've cobbled them all together because we couldn't split them. So folks, sit back, relax and enjoy. Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. God, this is not the time, Mace. If I don't want to come down here and see me talking to you or your ass, I'm history. So, animals can sense evil. Who let Dr. Doolittle in? What's the point, Ventura? Only this. Proof glass. There's no way that neighbor could have heard Pedactor scream on the way down with that door shut. The scream she heard came from inside this apartment before he was thrown over the balcony and the murderer closed the door before he left. Yes! Yes! Oh, yeah! Can you feel that, buddy? Huh? 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 I have exercised the demons. Are you sure your date is all right? It's been an awfully long time. Uh, who, Tom? Oh, I'm sure he's fine. Do not go in there. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that was pretty impressive what you did back at the apartment. You don't have to tell me. I was there. Ventura. Yes, Satan? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. You sounded like someone else. Never mind the wisecracks, Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, my favorite. I'm sorry, sir. You sounded like someone else. <laughs> uh, so that, so you obviously, have, no one at home has seen the uh, debate. Yeah. Took me a little bit to pry that one out of the top five yeah. um, from Cork, but that's a, that's just an all-time. Yeah. Uh, just something about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. The delivery in just... But all the other ones, like the all righty then. Um, yeah. I mean, the bender over talking out of the ass thing. I mean, I don't know about you, but who didn't do that at one point during your childhood to someone? Oh, but so th- that collection, like a lot of them are just straight up, just like moments where he says something. Yeah. Um. I I remember being, I think, about nine or ten years old at primary school and there was a girl that I had a crush on. I won't say her name because I have an f- awful, awful feeling we're still friends on Facebook. She's married with kids. But <laughs> I remember walking up to her in the playground and bending over and grabbing my ass and saying to her, you and I would make a great couple. <laughs> <laughs> Did not go well. Uh, I mean... The the whole build up to the screaming on the balcony scene, 
um, where he's talking about it and just goes, and then it's just like that, you know, over the top Oprah, like, just, oh, it's just so stupid. Again, not even jokes. It's just something about the delivery of such farcical things. Oh, and it just, I said, you can't not laugh at it. And it makes me laugh. You know, I am, you know, for those who are obviously aware, Courtney and I are well versed in the way of sinking down the YouTube rabbit hole. Yes. Where one minute you're just trying to just watch a clip, get some information. Next minute you've legitimately been there for four hours and you're nowhere near where you started. Yeah. Like, yeah, one minute I'm trying to learn how to change over a, a spark plug in my car. The next minute I'm on 10 minutes of Nicolas Cage losing his shit in movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but also just quickly, all credit. Because that scene is actually elite level crime scene investigation writing. Yeah. The whole like they heard him scream. Oh, really? <laughs> and showing that the double glazed glassing would have made it impossible to hear someone scream because it blocks out the noise from people inside. That's elite, uh, you know, like crime investigation, CSI styles. Not quite. Look at the evidence. I'd love it if they legitimately copied that in a CSI Miami episode. Yeah, or like a Sherlock Holmes. It's a very Sherlock Holmesy kind of, uh, you know, like debunking of a theory. I love for Horatio to come out in the episode and say something about it, though. And <laughs> yeah. as he like whips on the glasses, and then um, the Who comes on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now onto the important stuff, which is our top five, the Sidelines Podcast top five Ace Ventura quotes of all time. Right, as. Yes. So we'll give that premise, which is a lot of these are genuine scenes now. So we've just taken yep. little excerpts, but... You catch a drift. You catch a drift. And you really do have to uh, embrace the whole Jim Carreyness. Yeah. And look, for those that don't even like the movie, I, we appreciate you still sticking with us in this episode. <laughs> uh, we're sorry if we've lost you. <laughs> uh, welcome back next week. Yeah, for the very niche corner of our listener base who are probably loving this, we're enjoying it. <laughs> Okay, number five. What do you want? HDS, sir, and how are you this afternoon? All righty then. I have a package for you. Sounds broken. Most likely, sir. I'll bet it was something nice, though. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... All time. Just this the most likely sir. <laughs> I bet it was something nice though. That opening scene as he just walks down a street smashing the package against everything. The NFL punt down the hallway to the guy's door. Everything. The everything whole thing about it. It's just completely perfect. And you can totally relate to it. The amount of times I've had a package delivered and you can just be like, <laughs> this thing has had the living shit kicked out of it on its way to me from what I suspect is a suburban warehouse in the arse end of China. The other good one, it straight away sets you off the bat. You know what this film's about. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It really, it goes in hard and sets the bar where it needs to be. Yeah, because you're either sitting there laughing at that scene or you're someone who's super serious going, this gentleman deserves to be fired. He does not take his job seriously at all. What's he doing? That was something important. Yeah, that could have been some nice crystal that that man was being sent by a friend uh, after his wedding. It was a, a late wedding registry gift. <laughs> Probably not, but, you know. Okay. 
for number four. Number four. Now, this is your entry. You love this scene. I love this. I love this one so much because it's almost a double play. It is two, two scenes that just happen to be back to back. Yeah. So we, we've counted as one. We jammed them in because it's iconic. All right. If I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. Captain's log, start a 23.9, rounded off to the nearest decimal point. We've traveled back in time to save an ancient species from total annihilation. So far, no signs of aquatic life, but I'm going to find it. If I have to tear this universe another black hole, I'm going to find it. I've <laughs> got to, mister! That was number four. <laughs> uh, and not, like, after that, he's got the whole, like... So the, the second bit of that, which is just, that's perfect in itself. The second bit where he's Irons, the dolphin trainer, is just... Yeah. What floor is the shouting? Who the hell is that? That's a... Heinz gets velvet. I am trainer of dolphins. You want to talk to the dolphin, you talk to me. What happened to the regular trainer? What happened to him? What happened to me? Seven years I'm with the great. We are making the dolphins disappear, and then Roy is coming with the white tiger, and the stuffing in the pants, and I'm gone. Yeah, like this, this whole <laughs> bit where, where he's just head? doing that. Um, it's ridiculous. Just, you know just flat out ridiculous. It's a, long, it's a long rant. Um, there's a big plot hole here too, which we'll come back to, but it's about the media interest yes. in Snowflake here. Yes. So we'll come back to that. But again, these two back-to-back scenes, all absolute all time. It was my, I mean, number one's pretty good, but it was your it push. Was. Number three. Now this was my push. I'm I'm happy to take this one. <laughs> my first push was the yes Satan line, <laughs> but this is my second push because I don't think I've. This is one of the top five scenes where I've pissed myself laughing at a movie, and I don't understand why I thought it was so funny. Just the delivery. I mean, this is a this is a definite honorable honorable mention, maybe top five for me. Yeah. But uh, when you watch it again, there's just something about it that's just it's magic. And f- to set the context for those that don't know, he's walking to an old, dusty, busted up old like farmhouse. Is and he suspects this is where the parents of the person he's looking for lives. So he just knocks on the door of a stranger's house. Hi, I'm looking for Ray Finkel. <laughs> And a clean pair of shorts. What do you know about Ray Finkel? Soccer style kicker. Graduated from Collier High, June 1976. Stetson University Honors graduate, class of 1980. Holds two NCAA Division I records, one for most points in a season, one for distance. Former nickname The Mule, the first and only pro athlete ever to come out of Collier County and one hell of a model America. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's sold completely by the sound of the shotgun. Yeah. Go, going out the door, like th- <laughs> like this is, like yeah. completely sells it. It's got this like kind of Elmer Fuddy vibe to it, of the shotgun just going in Bugs's face. Oh, jeez, <laughs> it's just it's just too good. Yeah. Okay, we're getting to the business end of town. Number two. Now this again. Yeah. Th- this is the mantra for the top five. It's genuine scenes. Yes. So. We made mention to this earlier, but this is when <laughs> uh, Ace and Courtney, they're breaking into the mental institution and Ace is pretending to be a, uh, you know, 
he's had a hard life from a sports fallout. Yeah, she's yeah she's brought him as uh, yeah her younger troubled brother. And there's a whole bunch of bits in this one, so we'll just take the one snippet from it. But again, this is a double play scene. Yeah, uh, at the back end, the action. Well, yes. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. I'm going to execute a button hook pattern super slow-mo. Your brother won't be the first professional football player we've treated. Is that right? Yes, we're very sensitive to the emotional stress that athletes have to endure. I'm open! I'm open! I'm open! (laughs) (laughs) That's one of those scenes where, like, you can just be sitting there as like a fat guy shoving your face with food and guzzling beer and there's people in the room with you and you're like, that's just physical comedy right there. That's elite <laughs> physical comedy right there. The other, There's two other peak... Actually, this whole thing is just physical comedy where he's, I'm open and he's like, I'm open and he's jumping across and he calls the hut play. He's like, <laughs> blue, 22 and jumps over in the, the head. In the 2-2? Yep. And then... um. Followed up with the let's see that an instant replay goes through the entire catching of the ball. Yes. So that's how one bit of the scene. The other bit of the scene, which again, elite, is he breaks into the storage room and then for some unknown reason thinks he's going to hide in the world's smallest cardboard box. Yes. Again, you can't really put it up as a quote because it's literally just a grown man trying to fit into a small box. Again, elite physical comedy. Uh, It just... Again, you can't not. We're preaching to a choir here. Or we've lost. We've lost everybody, and then Courtney and I are just going to come back and listen to this and have the baddest, best time of our life. Yeah, this is we're putting this up on a mantle as just pure art. <laughs> All right, the big reveal, the number one quote. It's iconic. It's iconic in so many ways. It's iconic because it was a parody of another iconic scene. It's iconic because people either love it. It has not aged well in hindsight, but it's iconic. All right, here we go. Answers right there. Just got to get some blood to the brain. Finkel and Einhorn, 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 Finkel, Finkel. Einhorn and Finkel. Finkel and Einhorn. That's it. It. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is a man. This is so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. As a kid, I don't even think I laughed that much at the revelation joke. I laughed more at just him burning the clothes and being butt naked in his little bathtub. The plunger on the face, <laughs> just like him trying to peel the skin off. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, it is without a t- without a doubt. Again, not politically correct anymore, but is genuinely yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it was genuinely a hilarious, absurd scene in a film. So, all right, that wraps up our our clip montage there. Yeah. So let's talk about a few other things about the movie, which the uh, plot holes. Yeah, we so, haven't done a lot of sports talk about it, but that's all right. Uh, yeah, I wasn't really happy that they didn't run Spider Y two Banana out wide with their wide receivers. <laughs> there we go, got a little bit. Um, why? Like, so there's a big thing around this. So my one was like, a, why are they entrusting a pet detective to basically solve this case? 
Yes. Especially a mediocre appearing pet detective. And side note, why is it a big deal? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, until Dan Marino gets uh, kidnapped, it's relatively, like, I don't know if it's news. Yeah. It's, it's pretty well back pagey. The scene we were talking about before when um, the pool scene, yeah. there is an absolute media circus around wanting to see the dolphin. Yeah. Everyone's asking questions. Everyone's there. A lot of interest. Because it's, like it's like part of the, the show or their luck charm, right? Yeah. Him so it's kicking part, a good, field goal. Good luck charm and the dolphin kicks a field goal. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Oh, I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But again, that's just like, we've got to see this. This has got to be on the news. A lot of interest. And, you know, the whole, the whole t- club's not going to win without this, this dolphin. Like, it's all over. Yeah. I'm like, you're sitting there, look, that's a pretty, like, that's bad news. Yeah. But I feel like more newsworthy is your starting running back having an, a dodgy hammy for the game. <laughs> like, that's probably where all the focus is on. Yeah, or more newsworthy, uh, why does no one in the Miami Dolphins franchise have any faith in their actual playing list? They hang their hopes on a dolphin yeah. kicking a ball. So you've got that part of it. Then yeah. it is that, so if you can buy into that, you, you're well on way to you know, going with the story. Yeah. But why do they back, again, the peck detective? <laughs> yeah, agreed. Like, absurd. And a side note to that is, because, yeah, we'll go through a few other things, but what was Ace's upbringing? Like, <laughs> he's cl- like if you're a pet detective and the way he acts, clearly had some an interesting uh, youth or upbringing, one would, oh, one would guess. How messed up must your childhood have had to have been to end up like him? Yeah, so there's that. And, you know, clearly has some outspokenness. But Courtney Cox is still along for the ride. Yeah. I think it was Melissa Robinson or whatever her name was in the film. But yeah, we'll just say Courtney Cox. Uh, she's, she's Courtney Cox. <laughs> yeah. Monica. Monica Geller. It's along for the ride. Um, okay. So. Absurd movie. There is a heavy sports undertone. Rescues a dolphin at the end. The game's all going ahead. He's about to be praised uh, on the big screen. Gets into it with a mascot. <laughs> Like, everyone laughs, the old, oh, ace, like, (laughs) everyone's comfortable with his total wackiness. The game is a great success. If my memory serves me correct, Miami didn't win a Super Bowl anyway. They did not. Uh, They got to a Super Bowl, but didn't win. Yeah. With Dan Marino as quarterback. Correct. So, again, the plot of the movie was... Sort of fictitious? Sort of fictitious, but (laughs) sort of correct. That it was... I wonder how many people are out there, though, and when people talk about, like, yeah, Dan Marino, great quarterback, didn't win a Super Bowl. Maybe like, yeah, but look at what he had to go through before the game. He's kidnapped, <laughs> Dolphin went missing. Like, whether that's blended into people's perception of history. How do you think they got Dan to come on that? Money. I, I knew you were going to say that. I yeah. was going to say, aside from money. He, but he, for a while, was desperate to be a star. He was bobbing up in a lot of shit. And he's a very good-looking dude, though. Yeah, I know. He's very American. Yeah, he's all American. There's like, a hairstyle you can set your watch to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's very uh, like pink Ralph Lauren polo shirt, white tucked into white chinos, house in the Hamptons, Ray-Ban Wayfarer, Sonny's on a yacht. Like he's very all American in that regard. Um, he bobbed up doing a cameo on like Transformers. Remember he was test driving a Cadillac. Really? Yeah. 
in Transformers, he was test driving a Cadillac. And then the guy took it. I think John Turturro's character took it and he was did the cliche, let me know how it goes, you know, as he speeds <laughs> up in the car. Like, he's got some shocking cameos. Um, all right. Hindsight's a beautiful thing. At the time, there was a lot of hilarious reviews that came out about this movie in the sort of traditional channels like your Roger Ebert's blah, blah, blah. So I thought it'd be pretty funny to read out to you some of these reviews that, All right, that, shoot. I, that I came across. <clears throat> right. At the time, the Los Angeles Times uh, review of Ace Ventura. Not many critics have been charmed by Ace Ventura's exploits, and several have charged that the film's humour is mean-spirited, needlessly raunchy, and homophobic. That was the review. One star. (laughs) Next one, Roger Ebert for the Chicago Sun-Times. I found the movie a long, unfunny slog through an impenetrable plot. Ebert described the lead role, Kerry plays Ace as if he's being clocked on an energy meter and paid by the calories expended. He's a hyper goon who likes to screw his mouth into strange shapes while playing variations on language. <laughs> that's accurate though, but it's good. I'm like, that's Jim Carrey. That's like Jim Carrey. If I said to you out loud, if I just read out who is this actor and I described that, you would go Jim Carrey 100%. Oh. But do you think there's that little bit of the classic film critic can't accept not... Some films aren't going to be, yeah, you know, Sundance and yeah, Montreal exactly. Film Festival. You know, all that sort of shit. Yeah, that's Roger Ebert being a snob. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you're right. I hear that review and I'm like, uh, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you're damn right he's on an energy meter and paid by the calories expended per minute. Um, This one is... a. Uh, a little rough, uh, Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune, an appallingly bad movie, a certain candidate for worst of the year. Um, Steve Gatiss from Variety praised Carey's ceaseless energy and peculiar talents, but reported, the film sputters and eventually slows to a trot due to the script's inability to give Carey anything more than a free reign to mug and strut, and a third act payoff that takes the film's generally inoffensive tastelessness into a particularly brutal and unpleasant stew of homophobia and misogyny. <laughs> so not a lot of love. Was it surely there was one that was okay? Uh not really. The best I could find was uh the comic actor Jim Carrey gives one of the most hyperactive performances ever brought to the screen. Agreed. Only a child could love Mr. Carrey's character, but that may be the point. The movie has the metabolism, logic, and attention span of a peevish six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all it. And the old uh, classic, there was a, you spoke about Andy Samberg earlier. I remember in a Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode, his character Jake Peralta, uh, it came up and he was like, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, classic film. One of my childhood favourites, and it only gets overtly transphobic at the very end. So a win. (laughs) Right. Good old Ace. So look, this is the first. Yes. Hopefully of many, but we will, we are open to obviously suggestions. Um, We probably will go down some further sport movies because now is the time to go back and watch all those greats. Yes, exactly. And yeah, we'll, we will state for the record, we came up with this idea because we thought everyone's in lockdown. 
it's a little harder to smile at the moment. So what better way than to try and go down uh, the old nostalgia lane and blend sports and pop culture together in a nostalgic fashion instead of relying on the current day world to give it to us. Um, you wanted to talk about uh, where this then ranks in the Hall of Fame. Look, I personally am probably jaded and have this quite high. Yeah. But by virtue of being the first cab off our rank, is it by proxy number one? Or do you want to rank it against some other ones that we know are coming? Yeah, so it currently sits number one on the charts because there are no other songs on yeah. the album charts. Yeah. That's a fair call. Uh, but look, in, in terms of sport movie, sport comedy movies, yes. it's easily top five, but it is loose on the sport. It's very loose on the sport. So it's kind of three out of ten for the sport. Yep. It's still got the sport. Out of 10 for the humor? Oh, I'm going like a nine. <laughs> and out of 10 for the plot and story? Look, it's probably a hard seven. <laughs> You're not watching it for the story. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's an accurate representation. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. It's about a 19 out of 30. I feel like it's got to be low 20s though. We need to play with the math a little bit. Okay. I, need, I need to change some cells in the spreadsheet. I'm also not good with numbers, so I don't know if that's what you said, if that adds up to that. No, right. it also doesn't. Nine, seven. No, 19 out of 30, you were right. Oh, it was. Yeah. There you go. Anyone needs a tax returns done? I'm your man. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Well, if you did enjoy that one or if you didn't, but mostly if you did, <laughs> let us know if you've got any other ones you want to sort of recap and go through the same process. Yep. Um, we're open for feedback. We are. So, um, BS. This is the uh, the first uh, sports movie recap theatre. Yes. The breakdown. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Sidelines. We appreciate your efforts, your time, your uh, your openness, as always. You can catch us on www.thesidelines.com.au or on Instagram and Facebook at The Sidelines Media. We are going to be regularly publishing stories. You would have seen our Thick Boy Power Rankings come up on Instagram and the website. Caused a little bit of furor. We're getting some knocky uh, feedback from, uh, from followers <laughs> in the internet land. Weren't happy with some of the placements in the list. Um, there'll be some more stories coming up on the website. But look, we appreciate it as... Cordo. Stay safe out there, mate. Good times. See you later, everyone.